Hey, what's up, everybody? Art Morrison III here, the host of the Third Degree Podcast. And this particular episode is an episode from the old, original The Third Podcast featuring Erica Pierce, spelled A-R-I-K-A. Erica reached out to me on social media asking to be on the podcast, and she has a really cool brand that speaks to um, basically millennials surviving in corporate America, not just surviving, but thriving in corporate America. And she's always giving cool gems and cool tips um, for people, you know, I won't even just say corporate America, but in the professional space in general. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and get as many gems as you can from it. Without further ado, here it is. All right, what up, what up, everybody? Art Morrison III here with another episode of The Third Podcast. If you guys have been following us, then you know that this is episode two of season four of this podcast. Insert hand claps there. And um, it's a also a very special episode because we have um, our second ever female woman um, guest on the show, which you know says a lot about the show. We probably need to have more more women on the show, but we're really excited to have this queen on here, Queen Erica Pierce. Um, that's Erica with an A, which I think is the dopest way you could possibly <laughs> spell Erica. Erica with an A and a K. Um, Erica is a millennial success strategist um, and. She reached out to be on the podcast, and I couldn't be more excited because she don't know this, but I was being lazy to reboot the podcast and reboot season four, <laughs> and I needed some motivation. And here she came with her big smile, like, hey, listen, I'm trying to be on this podcast. I got some things I want to talk about, and I, we're super excited to have you, Erica. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And wow, I didn't realize I was just the second woman. So this is, <laughs> we got to do something more about that art. Okay? Yeah, and the, yo, the first woman was my niece. My niece does like, she does like skincare and stuff. She's okay. starting entrepreneurship and I threw her on the podcast. She was the first one. Actually, um, I had my girl on too, but I don't be counting her because she be like low key on. Anytime I can't get a guest, I'll be like, she babe, counts. hop on this. Yeah, hop on it, but she counts. So I guess you're the third. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for, for being on the show. How you doing today? I'm good, good. I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, excellent. So real quick, as always, I mean, I could give you an intro, but it's going to be whack. Nobody can introduce you the way you can introduce yourself. <laughs> so, you know, tap into my audience. If they don't know anything about you, you know, tell them everything they need to know. You got two minutes. Okay, two minutes. All right. Um, so I am a millennial success strategist. So what is that, right? That means that I really focus on trying to make sure that millennials can be the best versions of themselves, especially professionally as well as personally. Um, first of all, what is a millennial? People always ask what I was age just about to ask, like, I'll be using it loosely. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Tell me what it means. So millennials are between age 24 and 39. So they're not just all laying on their mom and dad's couch, you know. Some millennials are grown people. The oldest millennial will turn 39 this year. Okay. And so I really focus on, again, making sure that they are developing, especially when it comes to their careers, um, and you know, just helping to navigate through life. And how I came into this line of business is I spent about um, 15 years in corporate America. I was just very fortunate that I excelled really early. I became a vice president of a publicly traded company when I was 27 years old. I was wow. completely unprepared. I had no leadership skills, no management training, no nothing. But I also was a black woman and the youngest president. So there was spotlight was all on me. And so, <laughs> so I knew I had to sink or swim, right? 
So I just really became almost obsessed with what it meant to be quote unquote successful. I read books, I read blogs. That was, a. am a 40, so that was a little bit before podcast was popular, but I just did everything I could to learn how people were successful. And so now I use everything that I learned and I, I help others, especially younger leaders, you know, focus on that. So I'm no longer in corporate America. I, I freed myself of that. And now Congrats. I use my skill set and my passion to try to, again, help millennials be the best versions of themselves. When was that that you freed yourself? Well, it's funny you asked that. When was that you broke the chains? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I broke it twice. So in 2015, I launched my own business. Um, had it for five years, a, consult, a business consulting business. And then I went back to corporate America. And then as of Friday, this past Friday, July 31st, was my official last day ever working in corporate America. Wow, congratulations <laughs> on that. Yo, celebrations are, oh, yeah. I wish I would have known. Like, right. <laughs> Where's the champagne? Let's celebrate. I know, right? We would have definitely <laughs> popped a bottle today. I, I think every great entrepreneur um, I won't say everyone, but most of them have, have had some sort of experience with corporate America, which I always preface by saying there's nothing wrong with it. If you're listening and you're working for corporate America, nothing you're wrong not with a bozo it. because you have another nope. file. That's not what that means. Um, I'm the king entrepreneurship of like, isn't for everybody. It ain't for everybody. <laughs> I'm the king of like, damn, I'm broke. Where can I go work real quick <laughs> for like four months, you know what I mean? And get my bag up and, and invest into my business. So, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with the nine to five, but if you are entrepreneur, minded like myself and Erica here, it is very difficult to be in corporate America. You know, it's like being in a relationship when you want to be single. You know what I mean? Or like being living at your mama house when you don't like your mama. Like it's like it's difficult. Um and even though we all know like a relationship might be good or a job might be good. If it ain't for you, it just ain't for you. And I know that feeling all too well of like Yo, like you're counting every minute, understanding that you can leverage or capitalize on that minute differently than clocking in and sitting at somebody's desk. Well, you know, and for me, what I realized in this last stint and with everything happening right now with the pandemic and quarantining is I was just working these crazy hours, like 16, 18 hours. And I just realized like, if I'm gonna work like that, I'm a, that's gonna be a hustle I do for myself. I'm, right. I can't spend 16, 18 hours working no on someone else's business. But for me, me personally. So that was my sort of, you know, sign that I needed to just go ahead and fully, for the last time, cut the ties and just focus on what I know that I'm, I'm passionate about. And I feel fortunate to know what my passion is because people spend their whole lives trying to figure that part out. Absolutely. So let's talk about your book real quick. You're a fellow author, which always gets yes. me hyped because <laughs> I remember writing my first book and it was like, I mean, it's my only book. I got a second one, but it ain't released or finished. I'm on chapter one. Or, okay. <laughs> it's, it's all right here. <laughs> but, but um, you have a book and it's called The Millennials Playbook for Adulting. Yes. Right. Yes. So tell, tell us about that book. Where can we find it? And like, if I buy it, what am I getting out of it? Okay, so the book um, I wrote because I, people always came to me for advice. I was always getting people asking me, can you read my resume? I have an interview coming up. I'm going to a networking event. What do I do? How do I 
keep this job? How do I, you know, really be a high performer? All of these things. And so I decided that, you know what, I'm gonna put it all in just a book, a playbook. I'm a sports person. So I was like, let me just make make the playbook, right? So that you can just open it up and find the chapter and you can see the plays. Yeah. And the book is meant to be, um, again, actionable. So it's not just these high pie in the sky, like work hard and you know, right, things right. come to you. It's very actionable. Like these are the five things you need to do. Here are the five people that you need to Google, call. Here's how you set up a morning routine. Here's what I do. So it's very specific, it's very tactical. Um, so again, just like a playbook would be. And I, I cover, you know, a, a range of topics, some focus again on your career, but also I cover um, mental health, physical health, finances, all of those types of things. How to, um, you know, just know what's going on in the world. I tell you what podcasts you should be checking out, what books that you should be reading, uh, all of those types of things. And I do it in a way that to me is, is my personality where I try to mix a good bit of you know, just again, actionable items, but it's also, it's humorous. I give a lot of personal stories that I've experienced over the years. And then I give a lot of quotes. I live by quotes. So I quote everyone in the book from Nicki Minaj to Benjamin Franklin. So it's, a, you know, it's, it's it's a good mix. It's a quick read and you don't have to be a millennial to read it. I have had people, my grandmother read it and said she she loved it. She wanted to know how to <laughs> set up a LinkedIn profile. So, right. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 a, it's just meant to be something you can read and you feel like, all right, I have a little bit of a better handle on uh, adulting. Now, where can it, people get it? Uh, you can get it on my website, ericapierce.com. Again, Erica with an A and a K, A-R-I-K-A. -A. Um, or you can get it on Amazon. So you can do the one click and get it <laughs> on Amazon. Um, you can also get the free version of the audiobook by going to my website and um, and signing up. And you can just download the audio version, all, all the chapters, listen to it on your phone while you're, you know, doing some stuff in the in the background. Yeah, that's great because honestly, like uh, millennials, I mean, including myself, like we need stuff in a playbook, right? Yeah. We're not like the conceptual <laughs> generation where it's like, you could be like, you know, like the generation before us so was like, work hard, like put yourself up by your bootstraps. And it's like, all right, well, what, what does, does that, that mean? mean? Because <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like mom, dad, like our life was kind of whack and I want a better life and the bootstrap thing ain't, ain't like, give me the actual plays. And you know, in school, they're not teaching the actual plays. No. Um, you know, I mean, we learn photosynthesis and math and all that, but like, again, mental health, like major, um, forget about taxes and real estate, which is like all, that'd be my lane. Like they don't mm -hmm, teach this mm -hmm. in schools, but we don't even really tap into everything you just said, mindset. I'm a sports person as well. So I know the power of like really believing in yourself, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. I think is why I was you know able to be successful as an entrepreneur was because I played sports and can turn something not real or not physical, like in this case, my terrible basketball game to something real and physical, which ended up me being a professional basketball player by the grace of God, right? So um, I'm saying all that to say, like from a consulting perspective, what's your your approach normally? Like I tried, uh, you're an entrepreneur, so you know, you'd be trying stuff sometimes. So I tried, <laughs> <laughs> I tried consulting a little bit. And what I found was everyone that I was I still do a little bit, but it's very specific. But everyone that I was talking to, they ended up spending most of their hours essentially being motivated, right? Or mm -hmm. um, being reminded that it ain't as hard as their mind is telling them right. that it is. Oh, absolutely. Right, that ended up being like the majority of what I didn't even really get to get into real strategy, <laughs> right? So for, for you, what what's really like your niche or like your, you know, like your thing in regards to your consulting? 
So it's a couple different things. So I, I do some one-on-one -on -one coaching and consulting. Um, I prefer to do a, a minimum of a six week engagement and that for the very reason that you just said it, because sometimes starting out, people just have to get into that mindset. And so that might take one or two sessions. Um, and then yeah. after that, we can start to really dig into, okay, what are the things that you're trying to achieve? And then, you know, we can have weekly sessions focused on that. I always give homework, um, you know, in between sessions. And all part of that, again, it's going back to that mindset because you want people to stay in that realm of thinking about how do I move myself from point A to point B to point C? And people can get overwhelmed by just trying to, you know, again, just figure out what they're trying to do. And they they need some exercises sometimes. They need some time to, to think through it. Sometimes I have them go and interview people in their in, in, inner circles or outer circles. Um, it all just varies. But, you know, I, everything I do is also customized. I don't do any co cookie cutter work because yeah. each of us are, is one of one. So, you know, I really make sure I'm giving someone, um, the, again, the exact tools and tactics that will help them. Uh, most of the time it's focused primarily on career growth. I work with a lot of people who are either trying to figure out a career transition. Um, I'm working with someone right now, for example, she is an entrepreneur. So we're working through um, how to build out her brand, how to create her brand, how to set her up for success. Because right the, now, the fun you know, part. She, right. Well, she just wants to be popping, you know, right. that's the <laughs> fun part right she there. She literally is like, I just want to be popping. <laughs> you know, she, she's a, a fashion stylist. And so you see all of those influencers on Instagram and they're getting all of these, you know, deals. So she wants yep, to go yep. from the, you know, <laughs> from A to I'm just kind of, you know, out here doing my own thing to be being, you know, how having 200k followers and getting these deals. Well, there's a lot right. of work that has to happen in between um, and focus. And sometimes people just need help with things such as how to manage my time, especially when you're an entrepreneur or if you're working full time and you're doing the side hustle until you can become a full time entrepreneur. That right there is, you know, that that's a, <laughs> that's a challenge. You could write a book on that in itself. Right, like, right. Exactly. Itself. Exactly. So those are the types of things that I work with people. But as I always say, there's no such thing as an overnight success. So I can't work with someone for an hour and all of a sudden they're going to hang up there, you know, and be like, yeah. oh, okay, I have all of the, the keys. I mean, I say that about LeBron to give you a basketball example. He doesn't stop practicing during the off season, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so you have to keep it going. It's an ongoing constant, you know, commitment to wanting to be, again, be the better, the best version of yourself. That's awesome. And it's funny that you said you were a sports person because I have, I have in my usual questions because we have, we be having so many men on here. I be uh, <laughs> you know, I'm terrible. I'm telling you, like, for real, this is, <laughs> this is like an eye opener. We be having so many men on here. I'll be like, yeah, who's your favorite? Oh, it'd be bad, but who's your favorite rapper? You know, who's your favorite, like, art, uh, you know, who's your favorite athlete? I don't ask the women, like, who your favorite athlete is. And it's like, you got it. It, it, it's funny because last week I it, I have a podcast too and I did an interview with um, a guy named Malcolm Lemons. He just wrote this really great book about personal branding focused on athletes. He's a former um, professional athlete as, as well. And so uh, when we were on it, we were talking about his book, but then I was just so excited to talk sports with somebody because I was like, what do you think about the bubble and all? And I'm like, hold yeah. up, wait, let's get back to the podcast, to your book. <laughs> I was like, I just been, you know, we haven't had sports in so long that you you get excited to just talk about it right now. Did you play sports? 
I did. Well, I played basketball in high school. Um, I'm from Louisiana, though, so you know we just grow up with sports, being especially football. Yeah, yeah. Life, I was gonna say. So, yeah, yeah. Is, fo- is football your favorite sport, or is it basketball? Um, actually, it's football and Formula One racing are my two favorite sports. What? What? Is, what <laughs> even is Formula One racing? What is? <laughs> so do you not? Do you know Lewis Hamilton? You don't know? Lewis yeah. Hamilton? Yes. Okay. So, so that's Ham- which kind of car is that? I know it's different cars. Yeah, so you know this this is the this is not NASCAR or, or or Indy. These are the international you know races that that happen. So, I understood. Yeah, the Formula One car. So like, if y'all drives- can't see, I'm scratching my head. I learned something <laughs> new. I mean, I know that like some of the people, and I know they wear like the jumpsuits, but like you, you yeah, I don't know what they racing. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, yeah, that's really well, cool. So, but football, I'm a, a Saints fan for, for football, but a little worried about what we're going to do this season. Or what Ain't we're no football happening. I just recorded an hour long. It was supposed to be 20 minutes. I just recorded <laughs> an hour long podcast with, you know, my partner with my other sports podcast from my other company. Um, and we were supposed to be talking about the bubble. Um, we ended up talking about football and the kneeling and all that. But I don't think football is happening. My good friend coaches at, at Rutgers and... This is how I, I'm in my own basketball bubble. So I know a little football. I know some. Like, I know, like, okay, Odell Beckham okay. and, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Well, Ezekiel LSU, Elliott. I went, I went to LSU, so Odell. Is- yeah, like, I know, like, the big names and, like, yeah. the good teams. So I asked them, I'm like, yo, how many players are on a football team? Because, like, they're coaching, <laughs> but they keep getting shut down because people keep getting the virus. He's like, 137. I'm like, yo, shut it down, bro. You got 137 <laughs> kids on a cut. Like, that's... Like shut it down. I didn't realize football had, had a team so big, but I, I don't see a season necessarily. Well, unless they do a bubble. I mean, I think what the NBA has done is is really impressive. I mean, they look what happened with baseball. The plan lasted four days. So yeah, you yeah. know, before they started getting positive tests. And so far the, that bubble, I mean, it's had a few cracks in it, but <laughs> <laughs> now the bubble's definitely impressive. Like that's literally what we just talked about for a whole hour was how impressed we are with the bubble and then even the the way they present it to us in regards to the games is really cool. Um, you know, you just really feel like you're there, kind of. You know, it's yeah. just a definitely more, more personal feel. Um, but I wanted to ask you, right, so this is my favorite question to ask because my favorite thing to do on my whiteboard. Okay. What is your, where do you see yourself and your business in five years? And I don't mean like, I'm going to be making a million dollars in five years, but like literally the whole structure of like what, what will your you know your business be doing? Will it be doing the same thing it is now? And you want to scale? Like how do you want to scale? Give us your plan and obviously a condensed version. Okay, sure. So what I would like to what I would like to be in in five years is a household name when it comes to any topics related to millennials. So if you know when you go on today's show and they say next up is our millennial expert, you will know because it's going to be Erica Pierce, <laughs> right? So that's how I want to be viewed because. You know, millennials are now the largest generation. They're bigger than baby boomers. Um, They are are, are taking over. And so as I always tell people that, you know, your millennials are not your leaders of tomorrow. They're your leaders of today. And so there's so many things, you know, when you think about the focus on it from even a sports perspective, when you think about it from a retail perspective, a business perspective, I mean, everything, there's so much buzz about how do we make sure that we cater to, we understand millennials. 
um, corporations, you know, are trying to figure out how they can understand them from, from both being employees to being leaders, having them on boards, all of those types of things. So I want to be involved in those, you know, discussions and help guide brands and help guide, um, you know, just different industries as they figure out how they want to navigate and, and really embrace this, which is now again, the largest generation. And then also as a black woman, um, I, I want to also be, you know, leveraged for my own personal corporate experience. I want to be sitting on boards. I want to be having, you know, conversations about um, diversity and inclusion that aren't just sort of, you know, the um, the words on websites, but yeah. all, you know, are really truly based on my own experiences of living and breathing, you know, working through corporate America. Yeah, that's and great. I, no, that's a, no, that's a good segue. You threw me an alley-oop because that was my next question I was going to follow up <laughs> with was, you know, um, just give us some experiences because I know there are some um, that you've had and that you anticipate on the way to that journey of you being a household name um, that, you know, have, have may have been an obstacle because you are um, like, I can relate to you're black, right? <laughs> but then I can't relate to you. I can't relate to you being a woman. And I definitely 100% can't relate to you being a, a black woman in that, I won't even say corporate America, I'm gonna just say in the business space, it's mm -hmm. hard. I, mm -hmm. I see it's hard. I, I see it like from like being black and obviously having a, a place in my heart for black women, but even just being a, you know, if you're a fly on the wall, it's very obvious that black women have a different experience in the business world than anybody else, right? So give us a little bit of insight on on that experience. Um, you can give us the bad and the good, right? Cause I'm sure it's not all bad, but I know it's it, it does become difficult at times. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I would say the number one thing is um, lack of mentors, frankly, that look like you. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in a middle class family, um, but yet I did not really have anyone that had ever kind of climbed the corporate ladder. My parents both worked for the government. You know, my family, my family members all sort of, um, you know, had, I would say safe jobs. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but yeah. you know, it just wasn't, it just, I just didn't have someone that I could go to and say, oh, wow, they just asked me to come present something at the board meeting and, or go to a board dinner. You know, what does that look like? What should yeah. I do? And so, you know, wow. I, I did have other mentors. I mean, some of my greatest mentors actually have been white men and my, some of my greatest advocates. But when I look at who other black women where you can have relatable experiences, honestly that slim. i just yeah very 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 slim um and so that that becomes a challenge because there were situations i mean one of the things i remember very specifically this is when i had just become a vice president in the company and myself and the ceo went to a meeting with another company a very large company we were looking at doing a partnership so we would go to their office you know we go into the boardroom and um, I'm sitting next to the CEO. And so in walks the other people for the meeting, um, all white men, older white men, and they come around and they give everyone a business card but me. And so their assumption is that I'm there to, you know, kind of take the notes or yeah, to, yeah. you know, go get the coffee oh, or do whatever. And so, you know, that was one of the first times where, you know, because again, I'm young, I'm, you know, 28, 29. Yeah, you fighting 3D, so, you got right, the black women right. and young. 
<laughs> right. Well, and then also to be completely honest with you, you know, it, it, it hits your confidence. I mean, I would say it, it, one of the things that has helped me so much in the past few years is just becoming much more comfortable in my skin. Yeah. Because when situations like that happen, you know, you're like, <laughs> you know, just because yeah, you can't change your age or no. your skin color, or your gender. I mean, you, you can, but you can't. You know right, what I mean? It's right. like, Right. So from a confidence, that, that's the stuff that hurt the worst. Like you, right, yeah. right. Well, and then you know, I had a lot of situations too. Like I, I live in D.C. I worked a lot in the um, government relations, the politicals, you know, arena. And so I would have to go to like these dinners. Like I can remember going to this one dinner. At I think it was a Republican fundraiser and it was like upstairs in a private room of a restaurant. And I was just like, Oh my God, I don't want, like, what am I going to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> these, you know, these like seriously older white men, I yeah. mean, we're talking, you know, and also like the good old boy network. And so that was one of the things too. I mean, to be honest with you, one of the assets that I do have is my love of sports because that is a common, you know, sort of, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Area you can connect with. But again, it really had to go back to that confidence and really starting to believe if I'm at the table, I have a right to be at the table and I'm going to have a voice um, and I'm going to not feel, um, you know, apprehensive or scared to speak up. And, and, and that took time. That did not happen overnight. Um, but that's some of the things too. I mean, I have a special sweet spot in my heart for, you know, young black women who are now in corporate America, who, you know, I kind of were the young, little, little bit younger version of me. I'm not that old, but you know that, because again, I didn't have those, those mentors. And so I try right. to you know, help them and, 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 and really try to, again, encourage them. Um, the only downside I would say of me leaving corporate America, and this is the only thing I battle with, is that we don't have enough of us. And so if we all leave to go become, you know, right. entrepreneurs, then we don't get hurt. Then we don't have representation. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you mentioned having a voice. Um, so just to piggyback off that, every time I speak to a person of color, a black person, anytime, I always like to get their uh, opinion or insight on everything that's going on in the country um because a i think it's important for every time either of us have a platform we speak on it um anytime that any of us have a platform um we express how we feel to one another to avoid the obvious that always happens right clashing within the community right. of opinions right. of everything that's going on and blah 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 i'm saying all that to say we talked about the bubble um another thing that i love the nba did is um, I love it and I hate it. The NBA did a great job of being intentional, of bringing awareness to, um, I don't want to say the Black Lives Matter movement because it's, it's bigger than a singular mm -hmm. movement, but mm -hmm. again, the social injustices that occur in, in the country and, you know, the, the, essentially the, you know, genocide of Black people over the last however many years you want to say, 400 years, right? In, in whatever way possible, whether it's mass incarceration, whether it's, um, you know, police killings, um, and even, I hate this term, but like black on black crime, whatever you wanna, right. you know, um, however you wanna entitle it, right? So with all that being said, how do you feel about the display of protests and kneeling or not kneeling in the bubble that you've seen in, in the last two, uh, you know, two weeks of gameplay? Uh, I'll give my opinion first, just cause okay. I'm talking already, <laughs> right? I, a little bit of me felt like um, it was almost too commercialized. Mm -hmm. normalized and watered down um especially since the kneeling thing 
you know, it was started by Cap four years ago and nobody was kneeling when it was frowned right. upon to kneel. And now right, it's like, right. we're all locking arms yeah. and kneeling. So I felt a little funny about that. It didn't hit the same as, as some would say. Um, but that's my opinion. And I, I'm really curious, right, to hear other other black people's opinions. So how do you, how did you feel about just the whole display from so players I, in the NBA as a organization? Yeah. So I would agree with that. I mean, I think, again, going back to years ago, it's funny because um, I was watching a Kaepernick interview that he did, I think maybe after the first or second time that he kneeled. And you would have thought that he was, this was, you know, 2020, but it was like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2016, I guess, or for, about that time frame. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, because they're, you know, he was breaking it all down, why he was doing it and it, what the significance was for him. And just, you know, because of course people were saying it was, you know, disrespectful and all these types of things. Right. So I think he understood why he, why he was kneeling, right? And he did it for a reason. I don't think everybody now who is kneeling is, understands why they're why they're doing it. They're doing it because it's again you don't want to be an outlier, right? You don't right. want to stand <laughs> out. And so you know, frankly, the one guy um, I didn't. I'll be honest, I didn't click the article. The, Jonathan Isaac, kneel. yeah, <laughs> the magic, yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. didn't kneel. He didn't right. wear the Black Lives Matter right. shirt. Yeah, right. Right. Um, you know, so it, it's just one of those things where. I believe if you if you believe it, like if you've been someone like LeBron's another one, you know, like he's been active in this in this a long time. I mean, ever since well, not ever since, but especially back when you know um, that sports um, uh, reporter said, you know, he and Kevin Durant just dribble, dribble. You know, I mean, I think they have really taken seriously their responsibility um, in terms of their influence and their role. Um, to, you know, really bring these issues to the forefront. But I, I think some people are just like, I'm just going to kneel because I'm just trying to outplay. <laughs> you know? So, you know, which, of course, is also, it's, it's un, a little bit un, un, unfortunate. However, I do think that um, the more awareness we can continue to bring to this issue is the bigger, you know, yeah. goal. Um, I, I'll be honest, like, you know, like I said, I, I do watch car racing. So like even NASCAR did like this whole video and stuff yeah. <laughs> with all like that, with all like the, you know, redneck players, I mean, uh, drivers like saying, uh, you know, right, black lives matter. And I'm like, do they, do they really? <laughs> <laughs> so, so some of it is definitely just commercialized. There's no doubt about it. Um, I mean, and that's not just in sports. That's across all of across the, the board. Yep. Where you saw everybody. Social media, everything. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Everybody now had these statements and, you know, wanted to celebrate Juneteenth when they had never even heard of Juneteenth before yeah. this year. So, you know. We're going to see I, next year if they keep that same energy. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that is, to me, that is the true test. And that is our responsibility, I believe, especially as um, as, as Black people, as African Americans, is to hold these brands accountable to you know what they are saying they are going to do because a lot of it is smoke and mirrors. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Um, but we have to be the ones that do truly believe in it. Um, I'm a Peloton owner and rider, and I have been highly impressed about not just what they've said but how they have turned over their platform to their instructors to 
literally go inside the households of people who probably have never had a black person inside of their house before wow. besides writers and talk to them i mean yeah, i was on an alex toussaint ride recently and i'm sure some of the people were shocked to hear the things that were coming out of his mouth um and the emotion that he was feeling and so to me like that's a great way they have really leveraged their platform to yeah. give um you know just some uh, just a voice to people who you know normally wouldn't listen to us wow that's great inside i didn't know i'm about to go get a peloton now so. <laughs> well they're on back order <laughs> it's hard to get them now well, when they get them in stock they owe you a check right <laughs> um you know so last couple questions and he's gonna be a little more light i know that was a more okay. heavy topic right but um i know you listen to podcasts often we're not gonna shout no other podcast on here but um no i'm kidding but um music right do you feel like music do you still listen to music to get yourself going or do you feel like it's like poison to the to the business person's mind oh no absolutely i, I listen to a lot of music i mean I, I like information i mean i'm an information junkie but sometimes i just need to um you know just be gangster in my <laughs> car for gangster. a second yeah or, or yeah. Be, be fake creative i'll be listening to like frank ocean when i want to be fake creative and okay like, yeah get out there yeah. but then i'll go like pop smoke when i want to you know yeah. what I mean? When somebody owe me money, I'll put on Pop Smoke. <laughs> there, there is look, there you go. So I think, you know, we all have our um, you know, our different music personalities. So you just kinda have to ride it to some, you know, to however you wanna motivate. Like I like Megan the Stallion and uh <laughs> I, 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 my new song I like is um oh I'm probably gonna say her name mulatto and salt tea, sweet tea. I don't know how to say her name, but <laughs> Oh, so, uh, um, Sweetie, so, Sweetie, we, we, yo, we look crazy right now. We gonna, I can't remember. I don't know if I can put this online. They're going to chew us up. I know. I only know how to read it. I, if I read it in my head, I'm saying it right. Cause right, I see it right, on IG, exactly, but exactly. I never listen. I, it I don't is know. a very, it is a very explicit and inappropriate song, but I, I love it. And it gives me motivation. <laughs> so yeah. I was calling Quavo Quavo for so long. <laughs> This was like years ago. I was young too. I was young and hip still. Like not that I'm not young and hip now, but I was like 24, still butchering his name. I don't. I don't be knowing. But um, no. I appreciate you having uh, you know, coming on today. One more time. Where can everybody find you? IG website, all of that. Yeah, so I'm primarily on IG. It's at the Millennial Boardroom. So step into the boardroom and, and come hang out with me. Um, I'm going to be honest. You, spell that just like you did for me. Because okay. I put in Millennial with one N. <laughs> yes. Not understanding that Millennial is so, two N's, y'all. It's two. Yes, yes. Millennial has two N's. So it's M, two L's, two N. So M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L. -L -L -E so it's the Millennial Boardroom is where you can find me on IG. Um, or on my website, which is ericapierce.com. Um, so uh, definitely hit Mind me up. Blown. Or my podcast, too. I have to have you on my yeah, podcast. We can so. shout yours up. Okay, the Millennial what, Boardroom Podcast. The Millennial Boardroom Podcast. I'm actually subscribed right now. Millennial Boardroom Podcast. Once again, appreciate you so much for coming on. It was a great, uh, great conversation. Um, I'm going to honor my word and have more women on here. <laughs> and ask them sports quite Don't ask them, you know, just... <laughs> yeah, I'm going to dig into the sport. I don't even like getting into sports on this podcast anyway. But well, I was going to say, then I, I want to come on the it. other podcast, the sports podcast. So. Ah, yeah, I'll have, you, I'll have you on there for sure because I think over there we definitely only had I've only had one woman on that podcast okay. ever. Well, so. I, have a lot, I, have a lot, I have a lot of things to say since that's all been, you know... <laughs> 
been having to hold back for four months. So I have a lot to say. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I wish you the best of luck on your, on your journey. Um, and again, congrats on freeing yourself from the bondage of, <laughs> of corporate America. No, <laughs> corporate I'm playing. America. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, again, thank you so much. Everyone don't forget to follow Erica Pierce. That's Erica with an A and a K, just so y'all know how dope her, her name spelling is. And her IG is The Millennial Boardroom. Two L's, two N's, The Millennial Boardroom. And a website, one more time. It's uh, ericapierce.com. So ericapierce.com. A and a K. I'll let my parents know how dope it is. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Erica. And um, we'll chat later. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.